to the Prophecy Club. We're going to continue talking about D-Day in Bible prophecy. Yes, they do relate. But I'm going to start with a little bit of a worldly comment before we get into the more scriptural things. This is what they say that Nancy Pelosi said. I don't want to see him, meaning President Trump, I don't want to see him impeached. I want to see him in prison. This is Nancy Pelosi. This is the third in command behind the vice president. In other words, there's president, vice president, and then speaker of the house. So she is third in command in the United States. And she says of the number one in command, I don't want to see him impeached. I want to see him in prison. Now, you got to ask yourself several things about that. That's really important. Why would the Speaker of the House say such a thing about the President? Answer, because she knows that over 100,000 leaders, corrupt leaders, leaders involved in not only corruption but also sex trafficking, are about to be arrested. And they are crazy scared out of their mind because they never thought they were going to be caught. They thought that they were going to be able to take down this nation And why do they want to take down this nation? Well, some of them are under the low-level understanding of that they want to create a communist nation. Communism's ultimate objective is still world government. It's control of the elite of a nation, and that they will eventually push toward a world government because Revelation says, and that they shall give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God should be fulfilled they will give their kingdom unto the beast. Eventually, it's all going to be released into the hands of the beast. So why would the Speaker of the House say such a thing about our president? Because it's all they can do. They're doing everything they possibly can to get him out of office because they know that about 100,000 of them are about to be arrested. Have you ever heard the phrase, united we stand, divided we fall? Well, I've heard that all my life. And if you look at that, then that would be saying that America now is divided, which means America is now ready for a fall. Is that a sure sign that our nation is in the process of falling when the number three person would say they want to see the number one person in their nation in jail, not just impeached, not thrown out of office? She wants to see him in prison. Well, that has to say that our nation is on its last leg. It's in its final days. Why should anyone not believe me when I tell them that the God of heaven is now in the process of taking America down? Now, I said this is going to be talking about D-Day, and it is. So let me make another point. This is President Delano Roosevelt's D-Day prayer. This is the night before the D-Day invasion. As dawn broke on June 6, 1944, German soldiers defending the French coast at Normandy, beheld an awe-inspiring sight. The largest amphibious invasion force in history massed in the waters of the English Channel. The long-awaited invasion of Northwest Europe was now underway. Now let's pause a second. What were the Germans trying to do? Well, they were trying to set up a thousand-year Reich. Well, what does that mean? At the end of the day, where it was really heading was world government. It wasn't just to set up a Nazi or just a German empire, brothers and sisters. Where they were going was world government. 
So when our brothers and sisters of old on June 6th went and shed their blood, it was shedding their blood so that we could keep Christianity in our nation, Christianity in the other nations that are our allies, but it was also to put down world government And today we see, like President Macron of France, and when he was speaking to our Congress in America, he spoke all about how we must have a world government. We've got to have a world government. I read that whole speech on the air, so I won't go into that again. And yet here they are giving all of this credit and all of this accolades to the events of World War II and D-Day. But D-Day was putting down world government. And yet today, what are they doing? Macron is for world government, and many of the nations around the world, even today, are for world government. So if we want to understand things in light of Bible prophecy, if we want to understand the truth about what's really going on, we have to understand that their objective is world government and that they will get their objective. They will have a world government. They will give their power and strength unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Now let's go back to the setup about the prayer. The giant invasion had taken years to organize. Hundreds of thousands of men and millions of tons of weapons and equipment were transported across the Atlantic Ocean to Britain in advance of the operation. The invasion force consisted chiefly of Americans, Brits, Canadians, but troops from the Free French and many nations also participated. The invasion was the culmination of Franklin Roosevelt's grand strategy, especially his decision to pursue Germany first policy and his assistance in the face of Churchill's preference for a peripheral strategy that the operation go forward in 1944. The Normandy invasion established a solid, quote, second front in Europe. Its success left Hitler's armies trapped in a vice, fighting the Red Army on the east and expanding the Anglo-American-Canadian force in the west. During the tense hours of the invasion, FDR monitored reports from the front, That evening, he delivered a statement to the American people. It took the form of a prayer, which he read on national radio. Now, let me read this, and we'll kind of comment it as we go along. Again, all of this, we're looking at it through the eyes of Bible prophecy, because we understand that where all of the world's nations will go to is to handing all of their national power, all of their weapons, all of their strength and their power over to the beast for a world government. Now, this is read June 6, 1944. On the night of June 6, 1944, President Roosevelt went on national radio to address the nation for the first time about the Normandy invasion. His speech took the form of a prayer. The date and timing of the Normandy invasion had been top secret. During a national radio broadcast on June the 5th about the Allied liberation of Rome, President Roosevelt made no mention of the Normandy operation already underway at that time. When he spoke to the country on June 6th, the president felt the need to explain his earlier silence. Shortly before he went on the air, he added several handwritten lines to the opening speech that addressed that point. They read, Last night, when I spoke to you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that the troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt said this prayer, Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, 
and our civilization and to set free a suffering humanity. Now, listen to what he just said. He just said, basically, to preserve our republic, our sovereign republic, our sovereign nation. So this was a great deliverance given to America and the Western Gentile nations to keep our religion, to keep us being a sovereign nation. But in the future, God is going to change the hearts of the nation leaders to give their power and strength unto the beast until the words of God should be fulfilled. In other words, this time it was the victory of the sovereign nations. But it will be the defeat of the sovereign nations and the victory of world government. In other words, in World War III, it'll be just the opposite. The sovereign nations do not win World War III, and instead, a world government is formed at the end of World War III. Let's go on. Lead them straight, this is the prayer, and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. So he's asking for them to have faith. That's good. But again, their cause was good. Their cause was just and righteous. Their cause was toward a sovereign nation, a Christian nation. But that's not where we are today. Today, America is, I mean, yes, Trump is for a sovereign nation. But the big push in America is communism. Look at what the Democrats are pushing for. Almost every one of their platforms is to the left. It's to communism. And communism is a short step to world government. Understand that the objective is communism is to put the wealth and the control into the hands of the few elite, and they will turn it into a world government. So when you say communism, understand that the objective of communism is world government. That's what the left, the Democrats, are working for today. Let's go on. They will need thy blessings. Now, I would have said, Lord, give them thy blessings. He didn't say that. The road will be long and hard, for the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Successes may not come with rushing speed. But we shall return again and again, and we will know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. In other words, in World War II, they had a righteous cause. That was sovereign nations, that was Christianity, and the freedom to worship as we please. Now, that freedom has been perverted to where now, well, we just are for freedom. Okay, that's freedom not to worship. That's freedom not to go to church if you don't want to go to church. But our forefathers that came over from England, their word freedom, it was freedom to worship. But today, we want freedom not to worship also. You see, in Britain, they were required to go to church, required to worship. They didn't like that. And of course, today, we want the freedom to do whatever we want to do. And in many cases, that's not righteousness. In many cases, that's sin. Just like we want our abortion. We want to be able to kill our babies if we want. We want to have freedom, you see. Let's go on. They will be sore, tired by night and by day, without rest until the victory is won. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame. So they were trying to overcome darkness. Are we trying to overcome darkness in America today? Well, we're fighting about abortion. I mean, I could go through all the headlines today and say, I could show, and I think you'd agree, that many of the things that we're fighting for today are really fighting for darkness, not for light. Let's go on. Men's souls will be shaken by the violences of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise. 
and tolerance. Oops, wait a minute, wait a minute, tolerance? They fight for tolerance? You see, it used to be that we were not supposed to tolerate evil, but today we're supposed to have tolerance, okay? That means allow them to do what they want to do. Just like if you want to kill your baby, go ahead and kill your baby because you have a right to your own body. I'll tell you how I think God looks at that. Once he puts the light of life into that body, once the sperm meets the ovum, he puts the light of light in there, and that is a life. And he doesn't want it killed, and he does not say anything about any kind of an excuse why not. Now, I understand that there are circumstances, and I'm not going to jump into that fight. Boy, that is a real cat fight. But I'm saying that in terms of God's appearance, he doesn't like to see his light of life destroyed. And that light of life begins at the union. So there you go. You can do that what you want to do. Let's go on back to what he says here. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among all thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle, for the return to the haven of home. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them thy heroic servants into thy kingdom. And for us at home, fathers, mothers, children, wives, sisters, brothers of brave men overseas, whose thoughts and prayers are ever with them, help us, Almighty God, to rededicate ourselves in renewed faith in thee in this hour of great sacrifice. That's a good phrase. There are some more good phrases coming. Many people have urged that I call the nation into a single day of special prayer. But because the road is long, and the desire is great, this is a good part, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer. As we rise each new day, and again we each day is spent, let words of prayer be on our lips, invoking thy help to our efforts. That's good. Give us strength to, strength in our daily tasks, to redouble the contributions we make in the physical and the material support of our armed forces. And let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travail, to bear sorrows that might come, to impart our courage into our sons, wheresoever they may be. And, O Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in Thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, faith in our united crusade. Let not the keenness of our spirit be dulled. Let not the impacts of temporary events or temporary matters of but fleeting moment, let not these deter us in all our conquerable purpose. Here's some more good stuff. With Thy blessing... We shall prevail over the unholy forces of our enemy. Well, that's a very good point, because where is America today? Are we fighting against unholy forces in our nation today? Well, it seems like Trump seems like he's kind of doing it all by himself. But yes, to a certain degree, but in a lot of places, not so much. Let's go on. Help us to conquer the apostles of greed and racial arrogancies. Let us to the saving of our country. And with our sister nations into, now this is a problem, into a world unity that will spell a sure peace, a peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men. What's he asking for? Let me read that again. What's he asking for? Let us to the saving of our country and with our sister nations into a world unity. Brothers and sisters, he's praying for world government. That's what he's, I'll read it again. I didn't write the stuff. I'm just telling you what he says. Lead us into the saving of our country and with our sister nations into a world unity that will spell a sure peace, a peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men. 
He just prayed for world government and a peace that will let all men live in freedom, reaping the just rewards of their honest toil. Okay, so when he says, let all men live in freedom, reaping the just rewards, what's he really saying? He's really saying, just like Daniel says, of the Antichrist, he says, and by peace, he will destroy many. Well, how can you destroy people by peace? Because you form a world government and you say, now we can live in peace and harmony. Because now we all have the same government, the same religion, the same currency, and the same God. That's right. That guy over there, he is God. Everybody got to worship him. And he is, those are the real believers, the ones that worship him, the beast. Now, they're not going to call him the beast. Don't know what his name is yet. But it's not going to be the beast. It's not going to be the Antichrist. But that's what he's going to be. Then all the world is then turned against those that are the unbelievers. That's anybody that doesn't want to worship the beast, his image, and receive his mark. In other words, all of the world calls themselves believers, so says the vision that was given to David Phillips, that I believe is of God. All of those people that worship the beast, they're the true believers. And they turn against all of the unbelievers. You see, all of the rest of the world that won't take the mark, and they say, go kill them all. All of the true believers then go to kill all of the unbelievers, meaning all of the world that takes the mark, worships his image, receives the mark of his number, all of those are the true believers, then they turn against all of the rest of the world that refuses to worship the beast, his image, or receive the mark of his number of his name. Now, this is concluding the guy's prayer. Thy will be done, Almighty God. But he forgot to put in Jesus' name. Jesus said, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. He didn't say, if you ask it, saying, quote, in my name. He said, use my name. So this particular prayer didn't say in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, almost all of the prayers, I saw Donald Trump praying this morning, and he did not use the name of Jesus. Why? Because the name of Jesus offends people. Because that says that you are of Jesus, and all of the other gods are not correct. Well, that is what Jesus wants. He wants us to claim his name. So now, what's going on? Well, I think, yes, he should have ended with the name of Jesus, but the positive part to it is at least he prayed. At least he asked the nation to continually pray. And part of this reason was to preserve our religion, which in those days was primarily Christian. What didn't he know? Well, he probably didn't know that America was about to be involved in a great war 40 years down the road. He probably didn't know that. He probably didn't know that World War II was going to be starting 40 years before it did, as we do today. In other words, today we know, and we've known, if we've listened to Dimitri's message, we've known that Russia is going to attack America now for almost 40 years, 39 to be exact. Oh, wait a minute, I didn't know that for a whole 39 years. Wait a minute, if you'd wanted to, you would have got it. And I believe that's what God is going to say to a lot of people. When the bombs hit, we didn't know this was coming. Well, if you'd have wanted to know, God would have arranged to get the information to you. But there's a lot of people that heard, and simply, they will not receive it. Oh, ask me. I'll tell you all about it, the people that won't receive. What else didn't he know? He probably didn't know the outcome of World War II, that America finally would win. But today, we know the outcome of World War III. We already know that America will lose and be purged of Christians, but 
not America only, the whole world will experience a great purge of all refusing to worship the beast, his image, or receive the number of his name. But do we listen? Uh, I can answer that question. No, we don't. Also, President FDR was not praying for a nation that God had decided to judge and destroy. But today, that's where we are. But we don't listen. Well, why doesn't America listen? Well, let me read some scriptures for you. Revelation thirteen fifteen says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. See, right now, most Americans consider themselves, that do consider themselves Christians, would prob- probably consider themselves, if they would be honest about it, say they're probably lukewarm. In other words, yeah, I mean, I'm a Christian. I, I go to church once in a while, you know, once every few years. I mean, that's what you call lukewarm. Hot would mean I go to Christian, or I go to church almost every Sunday. I read my Bible. I pray. I have a prayer closet. I fast at least once a week. That would be somebody that's hot. But because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. In other words, he doesn't want Christians to be cold or lukewarm. He wants us to be hot. Let's go on with what he says. This is talking about America. Because thou sayest, I'm rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. What's he saying? In other words, spiritually, many Americans are wretched. They're miserable. Yeah, they may have money. They may have a nice house, a nice car, big bank account, but they're really miserable. They're poor, blind, and naked meaning naked, they don't have a garment to cover all their sins. They don't have, they're blind because they can't see that Jesus is the way. They're poor because they don't have any uh, riches laid up spiritually. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. What's the fire? The fire is the fire of the day of the Lord on trumpets when Jesus returns using the morning star and he burns up all of the tares. And that's when he burns up those people that hares, and also their works that are not in God. That's the reason he says, And thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed. And the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with thyself, that thou mayest see. Here it is. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Some, well, I remember back when Bush was running for presidency, somebody said, Hey, do you think George Bush is a Christian? I said, but I don't really know, but I can tell you the question that I would ask him to find out. And that would be, tell me, what is the Lord doing to correct you right now? See, because those that I love, I rebuke and chasten. But those that aren't walking with the Lord, they'd say, well, I'm a Christian. Yeah, well, what's he doing to correct you right now? What is the Lord working on in your life right now? They would have no answer because they're not really working. They're not really walking with him. Then we jump to Revelation 18. This is also talking about America. And the angel cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils. This is why God destroys America, part of the reason. Become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. What's a habitation of devils? We see those people out there holding up those protest signs, and they're just so angry about this or that. A lot of times... That's a habitation of a devil. Hold of every foul spirit. We see people, they're just filthy, dirty. And it's not just filthy, dirty on the outside, 
but is filthy dirty on the inside. What they do, what they think, what they say, the filth coming out of their mouth, all the profanity and everything, that's hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. How many people in America are just filled with hate? I mean, just like this statement from Nancy Pelosi, can you believe the number three person in America would say, I don't want to see our president impeached. I want to see him in jail. That, my brothers and sisters, is hate. Become the habitation of devils, hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Then finally, we jump to Revelation 18.4. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, meaning that this is talking about a nation that has Christians, a lot of Christians. And he's saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and you receive not of her plagues. For her sins that used to be washed in the blood of Jesus, for her sins have reached unto heaven. Why? Because she's walked away from Jesus. So this is a nation that used to be Christian that's no longer Christian. As a result, God hath remembered her iniquities, meanings that it's a nation that used to be washed in the blood, but now the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren of those great children, of those great Christians, their children, grandchildren, have walked away from Christ. Finally, reward her even as she rewarded you and double and her double according to her works. In the cup that she has filled, fill to her double. How much America has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and I'm no widow, and shall see no sorrow. That, my brothers and sisters, is a pre-trib rapture phrase. That comes from a nation that believes that she can't fall. That comes from a church that believes she's not going to go through the tribulation. She's not going to see any trouble. She's looking for Jesus to return in the clouds and suck her in the air so she doesn't have to go through any trouble. I'll read it again. For she saith in her heart, I said, a queen, and I'm no widow, and she'll see no sorrow. Therefore... In other words, because you wouldn't listen, America, because you wouldn't let me correct you, now I'm going to hit you hard. So here's how he does it. Therefore shall our plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, or could say burned with nuclear fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Now, that's kind of negative, but I want to point out the difference between the way D-Day today is going to turn out Versus the way D-Day 75 years ago turned out. 75 years ago, we were pushing for Christianity and for a sovereign nation. And we were pushing for justice and righteousness. What about today? Today, America needs righteousness, needs justice, needs to get rid of the sex trafficking and the corruption. Today, that we are a nation that is filled with filth. We're a nation of liars. We have a filthy mouth. We, have, we can't even talk without cussing and profanity coming out of our mouth. Are we really to wonder that God would destroy us? A couple of years ago, I began to memorize Revelation. Frankly, I didn't even think I'd be able to really memorize the whole thing. I didn't even start at verse 1. I started at verse 8, because the first seven verses looked too complicated to memorize. But what happened was, as I started memorizing it, I started getting revelations. We're talking about information from the throne of God. Matter of fact, I got 30 revelations and two visions, and one audible voice. The audible voice, I'll go ahead and tell you what that said. The seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. Unquote. 
I heard an audible voice tell me that. Now, of course, I had to back up with Scripture, and I do explain that in the book. It's a single word found in Leviticus, links through time to the same single word in the book of Revelation. And that single word is firstfruits. When you understand that word, all of a sudden the seven feasts given to Moses are actually a pattern, a pattern that plays out the last seven months of the world, starting with first fruits and ending and concluding with tabernacles. Those seven feasts portray the way the prophecies of Revelation lay out for the first time. One book for 20, but don't do that. You want to get five for 30. That way it gives you four books to just give away. Best deal is 10 for 55, and then really kind of a church deal is you get a whole case of them. That's 60 books for a gift of $250. That way the whole church can just spread them around. You got other books to hand around to other people. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55, 60 for $250. You get it at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your gifts of support. In many different ways, the enemy is working overtime to destroy your family, job, and America. Your faithful monthly gifts help the Prophecy Club to continue and overcome evil with the truth. Help us take the warning to America. Engage in the battle to win lost souls to Christ by supporting this ministry today.